Hello, welcome to We Don't Talk About the Weather. Political discussion from the outside may just look like screaming and crying. I'm Adam and this is Hugh. Hello. And we're here to talk about this week's news and politics. Mm. Mm. How are you? I got abused yesterday. Oh dear. Um, My precious wisdom was stolen by a man (laughs) who I paid to do it. Um, No, it's a... Dennis are horrible. Genie that came out of your Um, your garden. (laughs) Fairy. Dennis are horrible. Like, they're not horrible people. They're not horrible people. Of course they're not horrible people, because they're just like anybody else. That being said, you know, I grew up watching little horrors. I know why you'd do it. Anybody else who, you know, loves extracting bone for a price (laughs) would be, you know, shunned by the community. Exactly. Um, But they get away with it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, like, I I think I talked about it last week, but I had, like, a cracked wisdom tooth, and it was really bad, and it was really hurting. So I went there yesterday. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and this is the thing, like, why is, why aren't dentists on the NHS? That's fucking bullshit. But, um, so he looks at it, he's like, oh yeah, I could take, I should probably take that out for you. You could probably take it out right now. Or I can refer you to the NHS, um, clinic and they'll do it. And it will cost, it will cost you 90 quid or I'll do it now for 130, I think it was. Mm. And it's like, I'll do it right now. And the thing is, I hadn't slept for two days. Yeah. For the pain. So, of course, you're like, yeah. But I was thinking, like, there's plenty of times, even, like, fucking eight months ago, when I would have had to say, well, I can do neither. Yeah. I can afford neither of these hey, things. Hey, competition worked. Yeah. Like, what would I have done if I could Competition induced you to buy your own poverty and desperation to pay for something that you desperately needed. Well, if I couldn't afford... And pay over the odds. I wouldn't have been able to afford the NHS. Say I couldn't afford the NHS one either. Yeah. Then what I would have done is either, like, I don't know, try and pull it out myself. Fucked up. Yeah. Or it would have just gotten worse, and then I'd go to casualty. And then it would cost the government a lot more. Yeah. Fucking stupid. Yeah, but then they there's somebody waiting in the background to say, oh, the NHS, they just can't handle this A&E. And it's like, you did that yourself. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. But, um, yeah, it was good and quick, and now I think my mouth feels weird. But, you know, I feel stupider. <laughs> Because I've Took lost precious wisdom. Precious wisdom to you. Yeah. I've precious like, calcium. But all my pre-spells are based off wisdom. <laughs> so I'm going to have to re like re re You have to re-roll. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I don't want to re-roll. I'm quite happy to be a priest. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I've done. Fucking horrible. Now I'm just drinking water and soup. So, so um, yeah. Also, we're going to try not we're going to try not vaping this episode. Oh yeah, we had because, some feedback about it's, it's uh, fine. I, I, about about vaping, and apparently you can you can hear the the clicking. Yeah, I know. And that. the, the slurping. Because I, I edit it. You, you edit you, it. You have no idea. And I don't even listen to it. Um, so. But yeah, so we're going to try. It. So you might occasionally hear me take a key bumper snuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just a mighty line. Do you want to take it from the mouth or the nose? <laughs> yeah, just do key all bumps all night long. <laughs> sure, we did. We done. I remember when we were trying stuff, and the one the type we had was like, it was white, and it was minty, but it did just look like coke. So when we were out, we had to do it in the toilets. <laughs> I think it turned out to not have any nicotine in it either. No, I think it. No, know. I gave think it, that, that peppermint stuff doesn't have any nicotine. Okay, you used to be able to get it in um supermarket for okay, a while. It was bad headaches. It was fucking terrible. I got some um I, when we were actually into snuff. Uh, I think it was. Damn it! It was a black metal band. I want to say it's Mayhem. But oh, I'm actually not sure if it is. I think it was um, Mayhem. And they it had a load it of might have been snow. Mayhem, and they left a load of snuff in the dressing rooms when I was working it was at a snow, club. wasn't it? The little bags. Yeah, yeah. That horrible snow stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which was pretty badass. <laughs> <laughs> you stole Mayhem's nicotine tea bags. <laughs> but yeah, we're gonna we're gonna need the nicotine to get through our topics today. <laughs> um, first off, we're gonna start with the Lib Dems. Uh, so. Vince Cables matched uh, Lib Dem theory with Lib Dem praxis and will step down. <laughs> uh, he hasn't given a direct date. Um, he says he's going to step down sometime in the next year after Brexit is stopped or resolved. Uh, so, resolved. Mm-hmm. Um, he outlined a couple of different uh, methods and, and ways he wants to change the party before he goes. Firstly, he wants to set up a momentum for moderates. Yep. No. Yeah, you know, <laughs> a popular youth wing that all the people will come to. Yeah. Um, and because that, that's what happened with Momentum. You just set up a name and yeah. then they all just flooded in. Yeah, they just really love the idea of on a Saturday morning knocking on strangers' doors. Do you know, I just like the idea of like, hey, would you like to join this, this vibrant youth-based organisation? Okay, what are, what are some of the things we're fighting for? Well, you know those tuition fees? 
might have to go a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the jokes came out on Twitter. I was I was seconds late mm. from doing the, oh, what are they going to... Seinfeld voice, what are they going to call it? Inertia? <laughs> you know. Yeah. All the awesome things. Yeah. Um, uh, secondly, he wants to... Um, uh, his party to adopt a registered supporter system. Okay. That would allow non-members um, to uh, be able to vote in leadership elections. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, this proposal is similar to what happened in the Labour Party when Jeremy Corbyn took over. Mm-hmm. Um, there you had to pay, I think, £3 mm-hmm. um, in order to uh, vote on the leadership. He wants to make it free. Can't mm. give it away. Mm. Lib Dem membership. <laughs> Can't give it away. Um, so, yeah, he's he's... He really hasn't kind of moved the Lib Dems any closer to any kind of no. public thing. He hasn't even really embraced like Brexit. Well, no, uh, like, they, they missed, remains. They missed, they've missed the boat. They missed votes. Yeah, because they don't do anything. They know they can't do anything. They can't affect anything in Parliament, and that kind of detracts from your ability to secure the kind of help from outside other than voters. So you can't get as many kind of think tanks. You can't. Sp- like sponsor as many things mm. you just can't get in the in like in front of a camera mm. or in front of a newspaper um it's a slightly different pitch from usual he's he's definitely like hmm this could work we could have a federated structure in the same way that that labor does mm. you know because they've got uh affiliated groups so the trade unions are obviously the big one yeah. they've got you know um like campaign for party democracy and all that kind of thing. Mm. I looked at all the liberal ones. They've got a few affiliate groups, but they are just kind of sub departments. Mm. So it's like Lib Dem Youth, mm. Lib Dem LGBT, Lib Dem Ethnic Minorities, that kind mm. of thing. Um, and it's in important ways. It's just so it's so very Lib Dem of them to do that. Like to look around, see the form of what's going on around them yeah. and ignore the actual function of how those things work. But cargo cult it. Yeah. Kind of say, if we build it, they will come. Yeah. Like, putting the cart before the horse mm-hmm. eternally and forever. Um, they've kind of backed away from being in... Pa- like, the assumption was that, well, everyone's liberal, so therefore we have a natural constituency, yeah. which well, is like everybody. Oh, yeah, they did. That's true, actually. But they even they haven't even leaned in as hard. Like no, like that's the reason why centrist parties keep coming up. Nobody mentions the Lib Dems when it no. comes to uh, Remain. No, because even Remain, new Remain parties, even deluded fuppies, know that the Lib Dems are a non-starter. Yeah. So oh, it's just it impacts on their rhetoric. I feel sorry for them. It's starting to get it's starting to get a bit bad. I'm not. I'm not sorry. They are for, I, I'm not sorry for them. They're they're it's that na- it's natural wastage. Like. Mm. There hasn't. There might have been a role. There, there's been specific times in the last hundred years, or you know, mm. um, let's say eighty years mm. after the First World War, when the Liberals have had some kind of role to play, not mm. a central role, but a, a role to play and a, a pa- place they can slot into. Mm. But increasingly, they're they're still on that thing of we have to be different from Labour, even though Labour offers kind of what we want we should be offering i don't mm. know maybe they don't see it that way but i do see it that way i always saw it like like they were like labor except they had slightly less uh inclination towards state solutions mm. you know even when blair was like selling stuff off he still was criticized for you know too much dependent on dependence on the state yeah too much like state driven like private finance initiatives and all that kind of shit um <clears throat> And yet they're still like they still their rhetoric still has that assumption that like they're gonna be in power mm. soon, and so therefore they've got to hedge it because they need to make nice with the people they're gonna have to disappoint yeah it's a it's a weird thing it's a very much a, it's it's very much a result of them having been a large party and having been like the party mm. way back when back in the Edwardian era yeah it's I think they just have had the common decency that after the coalition government f- like finished, mm. that they should have all just left and just gone. We give up now. We realise that we fucked up. We're not going to waste your time anymore. Should have done a Mishima and you know invaded a Waitrose, sat on top of it, <laughs> demanded it to gave Brexit, a load of pro and when Brexit pro EU <laughs> pro EU speeches, and then when everyone laughs at you, just like commit harakiri. <laughs> 
Vince Cable getting Joe Swinson to cut his head off with a katana. <laughs> Just, yeah. Tim Farron drowning himself in a big bucket of milk. <laughs> but no, the, 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 I would have more respect for them if they did. If they actually did something other than just sort of go, yeah. They've even kind of like slithered out of the big blob of the Davos set. Yeah, you know, maybe I think maybe a few could probably escape back into it, but I think most of them are going to be like, well, they'd have to go back to you know head of PR for a mid-sized you know pharmaceutical company or something. Yeah, or you know, Shell. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so there's a few people who um, are touted as potential replacement mm. leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, there's uh, Joe Swinson is the favourite at the moment, bookie's favourite. Um, she's MP for East Dunbartonshire. Yeah. She hasn't made any kind of like noises yet. I mean, it's only been like a week since mm. uh, since he announced he was going to step down. Mm. But she also she could have gone for it in 2017 and didn't. She mm. dropped out. I don't quite know why that is. I don't know what what she brings. Mm. But she's, in their own words, the best turned out. <laughs> like, it's, that's the... it's quite hard with um, the Lib Dems to find out what's going on in the nitty gritty of Lib yeah. Dem party politics. Because like the Tories try and keep things under wraps. Labour, you know, some try and keep it under wraps. Some try to just, they just lie blast, all the time. On blast, yeah. yeah. And the Lib Dems, you try and pay attention, but within five minutes you're starting to fall asleep. Because they've got this amazing system. All their interest groups are very diffuse as well, and not at all. They don't at all see the Lib Dems as the linchpin, mm. like the unions without the Labour Party. Mm. That would that would be a weird thing to happen. Not just mm. because they've been associated with them for such a long time, but because they are the largely the unions' voice, or you know, it's supposed to be that they're the yeah. unions' voice in Parliament. Definitely, um, and it, it's a natural fit. With the Lib Dems, I always feel like, well, you could get, you know, like the index on censorship mm. or um, amnesty. Mm. I know they don't get kind of involved with parties, but that's yeah. that's their kind of that's their kind of field. Individual mm. like civil rights and mm. liberties and things like that. But they can't um, they can't offer them anything. They can't, no, they can't offer anyone because they're all, they've always got that that other eye on. Um, yeah, and it's like and they've already written, they've they've promised so many times that they definitely wouldn't ever going to build coalition with, with um, Labour. Yeah. So anything that they offer is going to definitely go out the window because they only work with Tories who are monsters. <laughs> but yeah, who else is up for the job? Um, there's Ed Davey, who's MP oh, for God. Kingston and Surbiton. Yeah. He's the former Coalition Energy Secretary. Mm-hmm. Um, he's... <laughs> The report on him said, Cynically, Lib Dem insiders view Davy as the likely winner of a contest if he stood due to the tendency of the party to elect male leaders and his popularity among the party's core vote. Um, they also report, however, that he has reservations about being party leader due to personal reasons. Hmm. hmm. Trans kittens. Mistress. Uh, his, I think his kid has um, speech therapy. I don't know whether he... That is a genuine thing that, like, when they say personal reasons, it's like... Oh, yeah, they, they I, might actually have I, stuff to do. I, would, I actually need to tend to my family. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. But sometimes I don't really believe them when they say that because... <laughs> well, unless it's, like, really obvious because Lib Dems are such liars. So <laughs> Ed, Ed Davey was the co-author of the Orange Book, so he's another kind <laughs> of... <laughs> no, I don't believe that he has yeah. a single piece of goodwill in his So car. it's another... It's an, it would be another Nick Clegg. It hmm. would be, let's move the party to the centre-right, hmm. let's make a load of centre-left promises and move it to the centre-right. Thus... Literally annoying our entire base. And Robocop, because he'll privatise the police force. <laughs> he's also a really sketchy energy lobbyist. Mm. So he um, he was Coalition Secretary for Energy, and uh, I think just after he awarded EDF the Hinkley Point nuclear mm. um, uh, contract, he joined the EDF, like EDF's favourite lobbyists Fantastic. that they use. So, you know... Uh, there's another guy called. I can't be leader of the party. It will it will draw too much attention to my more my shady dealings. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I, how am I supposed how am I supposed to do shady deals in back rooms if everyone knows I'm leader of the Lib Dems? I'm sorry, I can't comment on that secret illegal slush fund. Yeah. Oh crap! <laughs> I shouldn't have said it was a secret. Um, Norman Lamb was another one who's perennially stood for the leadership. Mm. Uh, he has just had a stroke in April and is talking about reducing his workload. So, it's commenting probably, on this like it's like 
the top level of like a small to medium sized business, like a family owned business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, God, granddad's going to have to. You knew that dad was going to have to reduce his workload. He's not getting any younger. You know, that kind of thing. Um, the main hope of the centre left of mm. the Lib Dems is someone called Leila Moran. Uh, she's MP for Oxford West. Um, slightly left of centre, half Palestinian, like an international school type. Like she educated in Jamaica, Switzerland, you know, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> left of centre for a Lib Dem. Yeah, Charles Kennedy was slightly left of centre. That was a long time ago and he was running, he was like, he was driven to drink. <laughs> but I have to deal with all those people. <laughs> They, I'm sure that, but no, no, they still I have that very. They the still, they do still have that very strong tendency of they will occasionally go centre left. Yeah, but they because won't it's do a, anything. And no, no, you're right. It doesn't. So it doesn't. Like tra- it doesn't translate from the kind of party bigwigs. Mm. It doesn't get through them. No. Um, there was a great quote. I watched read an interview with her. She said. Um, Radiohead was a huge influence. She was asked about her bands, her favourite bands. Radiohead was a huge influence on me when I was growing up. I wonder sometimes how much influence the politics in their music has had on me now. I know I don't look very anarchic, but there is a small part of me that still carries that anarchism from Radiohead songs in me. That's so lived down, it hurts. <laughs> it is, isn't it? That's. Oh my god. <laughs> Not to besmirch anyone who likes Radiohead, but you know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that album had an American flag that was different colours. <laughs> yeah? Including pink, the least American colour. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> at some point, like, you just thought, oh, who's going to be a Lib Dem MP? Uh, oh, it's uh, Heston Marzi MP, is a real up and comer. She wrote a very good. It's like you just make up names and yeah. give them. The but like reading that Ian Dale top one hundred uh, what was it top one hundred left wingers or right left wingers or right wingers he does both both yeah. of the lists and just like the way he describes them it's like ah oh, yes intellectual head of the party it's like are they yeah are they well Ian Dale's not a very smart man and he's like he has that podcast with Jackie Smith oh does he yeah oh god like so, like I love 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 love. When people who are not professional podcasters, not that we get paid, but that we have certain standards and mm. certain, you know, things we live by. We've cut we've cut the palms and shared the blood, mm. drank the blood in the big cup, yep. like all professional podcasters do. But I do love it when like like politicians and journalists make their own podcasts and it's always an odd couple gimmick. Yeah. Every single it's, time. I do find it particularly galling when he's already got a radio show. <laughs> Every day? It's like... And it's just, what the hell are you doing? Oh, fine. It's like, I know Steve Allen does one. He has, like, his extra bit of Steve Allen where he's even more of a bigot. Because <laughs> I think he gets past some of the rules. Because, oh, God. It's, yeah, so I couldn't sleep for two days. Yeah. And one of the things... I listened to Steve Allen go on for an hour, a solid hour, complaining about... Um, okay, so he spoiled the bodyguard. Oh, there was something about that, yeah. wasn't there? Yeah, and yeah. a load of his listeners complained. So he spent a solid hour complaining about his listeners being nerds. Nice. And the other thing was complaining about the queue he had to go in. He had the queue he had to be part of a John Lewis. That's like, that's my soul. I want this. I want our podcast to be successful because I want to be able to complain about our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I so do. <laughs> no, it's a world. You know, to just phone in like. Because he's on, like, for three hours a day, I think. Yeah, like, I just pulled three hours of complaining about queuing out of my ass. <laughs> That's, like, so baby boomer. It hurts. That's radio, though, isn't it? They yeah. have to fill that airtime somehow. It's, it's it's gorgeous. It's a proper art form. Mm. Okay, so who else is, is could we, could um, possibly be leader of the Lib Dems? Well, okay, because they're a particularly opening... charismatic bucket. <laughs> <laughs> but the bucket's empty. Exactly. You're hired. <laughs> <laughs> They can potentially open it up to non-members. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you don't have to join the Lib Dems full. You can just become a registered supporter for free. Um, one of the main people, people that was being suggested was uh, Gina Miller. She has entirely ruled herself out. But she didn't rule out standing as an independent. The main, like, one of the main focuses of the, like, Remain campaign. One of probably their most successful legal mm. activists who actually did something and mm. followed it through. Fair enough. Don't particularly like her politics, but like, mm. fair enough. Yeah. 
And she doesn't want and to... She, and she won't stand for the party that is the main Remain yeah, party. I love that. It's like, <laughs> I think this will harm my brand. Yeah. Being around the Lib Dems. <laughs> She's not wrong. She she absolutely <laughs> is the right decision. Um, who else? Um, I mean, you could get people like... It's, it's really telling though, isn't it? Nobody's jumping ship for them. Oh, God, no. There are... I mean... I was asking you, oh, who do you think would be like an outsider hmm. Lib Dem leader? And you immediately said, and it was amazing, Tony Blair. Hmm. But of course, no, he's not. No. He's, he hasn't left the Labour Party. No. He hasn't even like slacked off his membership. No. I mean, he can afford the, you know, oh, how much is it now? No idea. It's 12 quid a month or whatever. No idea how much. I imagine he, has to, he should pay lots. Um, David Miliband. I don't, I, I don't think, I don't think anyone would, would take the pay decrease that it would necessitate. Listen, the prince that was promised <laughs> will be coming back with that name hmm. attached to the Liberals. I, I just don't see it. Hmm. There's like, people like him are ten a penny in the Labour Party still. Yeah. You've still got all of them. Um, I mean, talking about like children of famous Marxists, you've still got... Um, uh, Eric Hobsbawm's kids, I think, are still in the Labour Party. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I can remember one of them was a... Old. It was like... Mm, I'm not sure. One was a marketing exec. They're still like in full-time employment, I think. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. They, They're still doing things, but yeah. they're of that strata. Hmm. Um, and David Miliband, like, I can't imagine looking at Davos and hmm. then looking... Looking at the Davos set and then looking at, you know, being parachuted into Clacton. And seeing that as a as a choice, I don't yeah. think he has like we clacked it anyway. Yeah, I don't think he has deep seated enough principles to to come back and fight for anything. Yeah, it's why it's actually you know? quite open with Lib Dems because it's like I couldn't see any of them even having the energy to be to go for being a leader. Well, also, who like if we take it as read that you know, let's say sixty percent of um, political action on the behalf of politicians is motivated by spite towards your enemies. <laughs> I mean, what enemies do Lib Dems have? Themselves. Like, well, but... The people that voted for in 2010. Because <laughs> yeah. they're still pissed off at within, them. Within their own party, like, yeah. I don't know what their animus is other than, like, personal mm. personal stuff. It's mm. it's confusing. Um, yeah, they're kind of in a... They are kind of in a spot. Mm. You know, like... Um, between being toxic to students and mm-hmm. unappealing to a re-energised Labour base, even the ones who are not satisfied with Corbyn. I did see Eddie Marsden was talking about how does, it's like, am I the only one who thinks, fuck it, I'm going to try the Lib Dems. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, yeah, exactly. you literally are. His, on, okay, admittedly, his online life, mm-hmm. entirely motivated by hate mm-hmm. for Labour. Mm-hmm. All he does, all the time, mm-hmm. is just bitch about Corbyn, Corbynites and Labour generally. Mm. And even he cannot bring himself to join another party. Yeah. To join the Lib Dems. Because it's worthless. Because why would you? Yeah. You know? They're, um, I think you've got to place a lot of the blame for the situation that the Lib Dems are in on Nick Clegg, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, making a load of centre-left promises, taking a centre-left party, making a load of centre-left promises and then delivering centre-right stuff and being like slightly annoyed when people got pissed off with him. Yeah, that, I think that was one of the main reasons people got so angry at him, was the way he acted affronted that you'd even call him out on his bullshit. <laughs> it's like, how dare you? <laughs> um, and they're stuck with like an identity crisis in that... So, if you're talking about like their ideology, the, the Tories take rhetoric around like individual sovereignty mm. and being an individual, and they use it to enforce a collective class rule. So they'll say, we're giving you more choice, but actually it's the choice to choose between six... Like four big energy providers, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Hmm. Um, Labour increasingly are starting to use collective means as a kind of like, like a Benite in a Benite method to enhance individual liberty. Yeah. So like uh, that John McDonnell ownership fund thing. Mm. So that's like him putting into law something that's designed to like statutorily secure a larger slice of the pie for the working class. So mm. it's like using collective. Um, endeavours to enforce a collective solution that ultimately will will kind of benefit individual liberty. Tony Benn talks about that loads and loads. That was like his animating philosophy that democracy can only enhance individual liberty, but at the same time you need a collective solution to 
a load of problems. That's the way they're doing it. Um, Lib Dems can't seem to get that through. Like, mm. there was a, an article immediately after he, um, like a few days after he made that speech where he said he was uh, stepping down. Um, Vince Cable said, to, in two sentences, he said, Britain is one of the most unequal societies in Europe, where success increasingly depends on where you live and who your parents are. And then in the next paragraph, he starts it by saying, of course, expectations of a better life cannot be met without wealth creation. And this needs investment and technological progress, which in turn requires rewards for the risk-taking entrepreneurs who make it happen. <laughs> they lack any connective thread between f- those two facts. They accept those two phone? facts as read. But they will not make the connection between, well, maybe the reason we have so many entrepreneurs is why so many people are poor. It's that you thing know? of um, liberals want to change the world and make it better, but they don't understand how any of it works. Yeah. They have, like like I say, I don't have any particular problem with like their civil rights thing, their democratic rights thing, but it's never really manifested in any solid political programme. Mm. It's, well, it's always that thing of, um, like, oh, we'd like to reduce crime and make people like reduce poverty and make people happier hmm. but by the way we are going to get rid of a bit of a wage because it harms job creation yeah it's recognizing the kind of um oppression you can get from the state hmm. but not recognizing the kind of oppression you can get from private enterprise mm-hmm. and it's and it's not just because i mean there's, being a former there's, worker there's, there's loads of... you think he'd understand full well <laughs> the kind of oppression that a private enterprise could do we know the kind of paperwork that that man has seen i'm going to say that he's seen really sketchy yeah. paperwork Requisitions for you know more shovels to get, dig graves. <laughs> yeah, good going on. <laughs> a lot of people were killed under his watch. I'm just saying. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, they can't. Never be- a lot of data striking. <laughs> <laughs> bringing that lib, visceral lib dem efficiency that he's now known so well for. <laughs> Our second topic of the week: Tories, Tories, Tories. Always Tories pretty good this week it is pretty good uh, uh, rebellion is rumbling dissatisfaction uh, streaking across the front pages <laughs> in what can only be described as a storm of Boris Johnson <laughs> and his divorce <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah, so oh. Boris what's it the theory is that Boris has had to he's like trying to get ahead of it all yeah because he's, he he's divorcing be, he's his wife run for he's, he's had a he's had it's an affair second or third like, wife no, no, uh, this is his second wife, but okay. this is like... Oh, a million affairs. million affairs, so yeah. many. Um, they're still... Oh, they're still I think I'm sure I've told the story on the pod before. The one of his Prince Anella something, who he had an affair with, and she was an opera singer or an aspiring opera singer, and yeah. they'd drive around in a black cab around St. John's Wood with a cassette of her singing... Playing while they fucked in the back seat, and then would be dropped. Then he'd be dropped off outside. It would his be house. a baller move if it was him singing. <laughs> oh God! Um, but yeah, he has a lot. Swing low, sweet chariot. <laughs> singing the horse festival. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's not. It's not even close to his tenth affair. He's like he's yeah. constantly having affairs. It is well known he is that guy. Yeah, um, it's amazing how it doesn't get covered that much because he's got friends in the media. Um, it it's just so happens that one of his friends in the media he decided to shag his girlfriend. Yeah, so that was that. Reports were that one of his uh, dalliances yeah. was with a an ex girlfriend of Harry Cole, yeah. who uh, used to write for the Sun and I believe now writes for Guido, <laughs> Guido Fawkes. Yeah, he, he, um, he who looks, looks like terrible. a photo negative of Boris. <laughs> he really does. He looks exactly the same as him, except he's got a shock of black hair mm. rather he, than blonde. He always looks like he's eaten slightly too much crab and taken slightly too much coke. <laughs> oh, that's a bad... I, you sent me that picture. He's younger than us. I know, he's I know. 33. But I'd look like that if I ate as much crab as him and did as much coke as him. He looks like an aged Stilton that's been rolling around on the floor. Yeah, he doesn't look great. Like, it's it's proper puce. I do not understand, like... Because presumably he's rich enough to, like... Take care of himself. You think so? Unless he's like got this libertarian abandon hmm. by which he can treat his own body like oh, I can do whatever I want. It can be like Dennis Leary in Demolition Man. It's like I want to smoke Cincinnati cigars <laughs> in the no smoking section. I want to eat, you know, yeah, I want to eat like hot dogs and pounds of cheese. And it's like, haha, that proves I am a free individual. 
<laughs> so it's just like, like, it's like creasing. Because of the kind of person Harry Cole is, that thing, it would just be him saying, I just want to eat my cheese. And it's just him standing in that, off um, off the strand, that alleyway that you can go up the alleyway, and there's like a pub up there. Yeah. But it can get you up to the harp, I think. Yeah. Um, but just says, like, I just want to eat my cheese. He's just eating slices of American cheese in an alleyway. No, no, it would be a giant Stilton, but he would be eating the thinnest slices every time <laughs> in an alleyway just off the strand. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this ex-girlfriend of Harry Cole's did spend... Valentine's Day just quote just posting quotes of Boris Johnson's on Twitter. <laughs> Did you see that one with um God, I hate it when um I love dogs, but I hate it when the yellow Labrador leaves hair yeah, on the couch. Very cold. Oh god. Oh my god. Like that is like I'm totally on board with the whole idea that like Trump his main strength is that he has absolutely no shame. Mm. Like he's incapable of feeling shame and it's the strongest, most positive personality characteristic you can have because how Harry Cole mm. can come back and be his smug smarmy self yeah. be his like right wing journo self no. after that is I cannot I just no. can't no no I no I just no, can't no idea can't imagine um, but yeah the funny thing is like so Boris trying to get ahead of anything that could come out yeah because yeah. but the thing is you can't <laughs> there's a t- there's, a- there's so much stuff <laughs> he's still got a bible walking around Chelsea <laughs> That he refuses By to blow. Yes, that he refuses to acknowledge. <laughs> I can't remember. If it's he apparently has a number because he was forced yes. in a court case to acknowledge uh, one illegitimate yeah. child that he'd had, or he he took a paper to court and the court decided that it was okay to report on it. Yeah, because of course it is. <laughs> it's amazing. Like you know how. Um, like, the Daily Mail, for all its faults, knows how to suggest something. Mm. Like, they're very obvious most of the time, but they know how to suggest something they know they're not allowed to print. Mm. So, like, you know the Prince Harry and James Hewitt putting mm. the pictures together, and it's like, we're well, not allowed to say it, but come on, you mm. know. Mm. And the one with him and his love child was like, so Boris Johnson, we're there with his blonde hair, all straw, straw-like and crazy. Um, and you've got a toddler in a, pra- in a push chair. With exactly the same shock of hair. It's just... Maybe journalism's good. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe the not. only thing it should be allowed to do is just just print stuff about politicians' private lives. Yeah. Maybe we've been going about this all wrong. Privacy's <laughs> overrated, except for everybody else. But, yeah, so Theresa May supposedly got a dossier on all of his misdeeds. So was this on, which, was this on Twitter that this, like... I don't know where this story um, broke of of, of of Theresa May's secret. I mean, she file. would have she would have to because she, he, is. as foreign secretary, he has minders. Well, to be honest, and it's like a classic. That is literally thing. what whips offices do. Yeah, and it's not hard to know with Boris. Like most of the stuff is like if you don't know anything about Boris's private life, you could spend twenty minutes on the internet and find out yeah. enough that would mean that I would normally think would mean that he could definitely not be prime minister but you know post trump and all that kind of stuff that there are people who will think that oh he's quite a lad really he's just like they'll say he's a rake i mean they'll yeah. refer to him as rakish and they'll but make, it goes they'll to... be like oh you could just see him after a party with a cigarette and a glass of brandy sexually assaulting a, a waitress and they'll think that's a good thing Legal note: There is no, <laughs> there is no uh, suggestion that Boris Johnson has ever sexually assaulted anybody. No, it was all. Uh, they were perfectly. They seemed perfectly fine when they got in that cab, um, and I, for one, believe him. <laughs> Actually, that sounds worse. <laughs> well, there's yeah, like it's sure a few he's... different impulses because, like, it used to be you had to be. I mean, less so in the UK because I suppose you had Ted Heath who never. Mm had any like relationships wasn't married or anything mm. like that so they were slightly more tolerant but the whole idea was have a good family life and that helps you at the polls yeah don't cheat on your wife don't get divorced that kind of thing mm. because it will hurt you and i think over time we've definitely realized that that's bullshit mm. um but at the same time when it comes out it's not that you i don't know trust them less i think the initial like thing with Boris is you think oh yeah well of course he's given it around that that sends off some kind of body language that he's an alpha male or, or whatever kind of like mon- yeah. monkey invisible monkey language that that communicates to people yeah that he's a good leader but at the same time it goes so far past that and everybody knows he's like this faithless moron yeah and after a while that wears off and he just becomes a bit funky like a bit mm. dirty yeah. You know what I mean? Like a bit 
Well, yeah. Ew. <laughs> yeah, I thought Boris has been very much over into the ew scale for a long time. But He's been vastly, vastly overrated. Oh, yeah, but um, Tories, vastly. Tories still love him. Yeah. Um, That's the upsetting thing, that they still love him. They think he's amazing. Yeah, there was actually... Um, we'll get on to, like... Because, obviously, the, the main story this week with the Tories has been about Boris mm. and about the fact that there's a number of different rumblings about the European Research Group and hard Brexiteers mm. preparing a coup against Theresa May. And, obviously, Boris is never far from these conversations. Mm. So there was a uh, a poll conducted on Conservative Home among 1,300 Tory party members as to who they would want to be leader after Theresa May. Mm. This is not suggesting it would be a coup, mm. but just who they seem the most likely. Um, the highest, naturally, is Boris Johnson at 35%. Uh, second is Sajid Javid uh, with 15%. Jacob Rees-Mogg's at 9 uh, Other <laughs> is at 9 and then below 5%, you're getting like Michael Gove, Jeremy Hunt, Dominic Raab, David Davis, Penny Morden... Uh, Priti Patel, Gavin Williamson, Gavin Williamson down on one point three. Now, if you read the media and yeah. like believed everything that you read, you'd think that Gavin Williamson was well up there. But it's so, it's, it's like it's so weird. Like among yeah. among Conservative Party members, he's despised. Yeah, and uh, well, if they know about him, they don't like him. Yeah, but among Conservative MPs who will be deciding that shit. They 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 well, not like they him, don't but they're like, afraid of him. Thing is that that yeah he used to be the whip and he was the one who and he's um, the one who's got them. Well, he was the snitch. Yeah. He was as a whip. He went around co- apparently mm. collecting uh, information. Yeah. On he's like he's like we were saying earlier. Like the animus of most politicians is maybe sixty percent like uh, disgust and uh, score settling with yeah. your colleagues. Yeah. So. He just took that very, very seriously, and that's what—that's the kind of thing that, like, idiot fucking liberal journalists describe mm. as a canny political operator. It's got that. It's just like, yeah. It's got that spider. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly the kind of thing. It's like, oh, this subtle way of communicating that I hate everybody, other than the fact that I fucking am mean to them behind <laughs> their backs, yeah. and everybody hears about it because there's six hundred of us, yeah. and maybe a maximum of like a few thousand people in this building, mm. and everybody hears everything. <laughs> like, I don't. It's not subtle in any no. way. House of Cards. It's not. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's going to be Javid or. Boris, really. I'd, we were, th- we were talking go about Brex- this. If you're going to go Brexit, you're going yeah. to go Boris. And you have to go Brexit because the Tory can't leadership, have, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, you can't have... Jacob Rees-Mogg can't. No, no. Well, I, I arranged it into a few different categories, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Based on what I think, like, who who would be yeah. most likely to be leader and who could, like, their, their prospects on becoming leader. Give me your sweet reference. So... People who could fight the next election with a reasonable expectation of getting a majority, mm-hmm. I reckon, as you said, Sajid Javid, Penny Mordaunt, who hasn't been in her job, uh, she's International Development Secretary, hasn't been in her job long enough to um, like really make any mark or piss anyone off. Mm-hmm. And also International Development is essentially going around and talking about charity sponsored by the British state. Yeah. So it's kind of nice, nice stuff. Yeah. Um, she's also... Um, She's a Leave person. She's a Brexiter. She's solid right wing. She worked for the Bush campaigns in 2000 and 2004. Mm. She was head of foreign press for Bush in 2000. Mm. Um, she did a good job. <laughs> well, it worked. Mm. And yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's also, uh, like, she's got a troop. I say a troop background. She's a Royal Naval Reservist. <laughs> Her father was a paratrooper. And she's named after a battleship. No, David Davis. <laughs> <laughs> well, she doesn't have to scan the horizon because, as a naval officer, you don't need to scan the horizon as much. There's just one long horizon. She's just making sonar sounds all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, she's named after um, the frigate HMS Penelope. <laughs> really? Yeah, seriously. She's named after a battleship, a, a frigate. Oh my god. <laughs> seriously. Um, <laughs> she's recently also recently wrote an article for um, attacking um, the political establishment and not mentioning Theresa May once, mm. which is a sure sign that you know yeah. she's not happy. Mm. Sajid Javid is the other one who seems most likely. Um, 
probably most likely after Boris, not yeah. only borne out by the statistics mentioned in that poll, but also seems to fit the best, like, probably the most well-rounded right-winger. Mm. Um, he's super neoliberal, super hawkish. Uh, he's a member of the hard-right traditionalist Cornerstone group, which mm. is um, Philip Davies and Rhys Mogg as well. They're like churchy, churchy, Anglican yeah. family values, that kind of shit. Um, he gives it all that about being like small state and mm. Thatcherite and, Rand- and Randian. He loves Ayn Rand. But in that way where no one believes a thing, it's like you'll get into power and you will immediately expand the punitive aspects of the state in yeah. exactly the same way as all right-wingers do. Yeah, um, He's probably a less... He's a less clumsily aggressive Pretty Patel. You know how Pretty Patel's like oh, yeah, very, right-wing. very right-wing? Yeah, she's really... She doesn't and, know how to... Con- she's... Yeah. Like that Katie Hopkins thing of not knowing she how doesn't, to control she, what she says. Yeah, she doesn't know when to put the fangs away. Yeah. And like, there's always the side bet of Sajid Javid of they think it will be a huge own mm. on Jeremy Corbyn having yeah. to face uh, an Asian man mm. opposite on the dispatch box. Yeah. They'll think, aha, finally, the true anti-racist party while, you know, locking up and deporting thousands yeah. of uh, non-white people. Mm. So he would be. I don't know if I would. If this were. If this were something that. If this were a contest that made sense yeah. and not a contest of influence and prestige and backbiting, I would probably say Sajid Javid. Mm. But like, Boris as PM, right? Boris as PM. Yeah. If it were to happen, like, what would that look like? Like, what? What Garden would he? Bridge will be back. Bring? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um. Because he, you never know who. That's the thing about Boris Johnson. You never know who you're getting. Whenever he gets close to like an elected position, are you getting the bicycling, like, environmental oh, no. liberal mayor, oh, no. or are you getting the one who, bear in mind, just writes racist things? Yeah. That maybe doesn't necessarily believe them, but sees them as a very, very useful dog whistle. The cycling, happy time mayor, he's long dead. He's like. Like that died during the second term of his of him being mayor. I went um, out I, into the Quantocks and I killed him. <laughs> I killed the Liberal mayor. He'll he'll be on like as far as leaders of the, the Conservative Party go. He'll be kind of entertaining, not mm. for like the generally being a racist and a philanderer. Yeah. But I remember when there's like the mayor's question times thing. He get he has no like. Um, for the witty, no patience. Yeah, for someone yeah. who has such a reputation for being, yeah, such a witty, obeyed witty. man, and like he's so good at, uh, under pressure and all this stuff, he just gets petulant and shouty all the time. Because he, and because a, those across are lines from, across from Jeremy Corbyn. Jeremy Corbyn, for like faults of that Jeremy Corbyn has, one of the things that he has got is he's pretty much unflappable and calm. Yeah. Um, how he's managed to take all this stuff recently of being about being. <sighs> Painted as no possibly idea. the most racist man in British politics, worse than Enoch Powell, yeah. when he is demonstrably not, <laughs> and not like completely snapped is yeah. like that's impressive. But against Boris Johnson, it will be funny because Boris will snap and he will call, he will call him names yeah. and he'll have tantrums, and that's the most the most likely opportunity for us to have a prime minister expelled from the House of Parliament for being a you know when they have a massive tantrum, yeah, and they say. Either apologise or go home, and they, you know, they pull a Galloway and say, "I will not apologise." Like, well, then go home. You will not be having lunch today. They make a huge thing about his classical education. I'm pretty sure his classical education is entirely dependent on the fact that he can make slurs that aren't in use anymore. <laughs> That's the only reason he reaches into his back pocket and like gets, "Ah, oh, you jackanape." Well, he did. Um, he's, yeah, he did classics degree, didn't he? So he did a lot he of did, studying yeah. pots. Um, yeah. I so, bet it wasn't. I bet it wasn't Potts. I bet it was reading Homer and well, no, that, that's, Virgil. No, when Lily was trying to decide what to do, like when you do a classics degree, there is a lot of... Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the reason why she didn't want to do it, because she was like, I can't be asked with Potts. I've just got this image of Boris Johnson having these Potts and like, turning around, it's like, look, 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 and pointing, and it's like an old Latin slur at the bottom. Like, that. <laughs> just turning a pot, and you see, like, it's actually a Robinson's pot. <laughs> turning back, it's like, oh, yeah, he just sneaks it in the house. But he's, he's, not, he's not a smart guy. He's just a incredibly well educated guy. You can come out you can like he came out with a two one. Yeah. He got a two one in classics, which is hard to classics is a hard subject. Yeah. But he like didn't he do like Eton 
Oxford. Yeah. But who's born to it? Yeah, but if yeah, when you're born to it, coming out with like a two one, mm. it seems kind of like what did you do? And also to trade like that... David Cameron came out of a fucking first. To trade David Cameron to trade that in, and he was for, fucking pigs. To trade <laughs> to trade that in for a um, the kind of career he's had mm. is just the poster child for how meritocracy is bullshit. Oh god, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah, find me find me the um, classics grads with two ones who what they're doing. Yeah, I don't teaching classics in minor colleges and like. I know, like his he he yeah, like you said, his his wit is kind of oh, what a witty man! But it's all like prepared remarks. Yeah, he has no wit, as in the ability to speak on his feet. No, you know, no, no. There's no um, and there's no ideological concern behind there. Like one of the things I was looking thinking about looking down this list, like none of these people represent a particularly new constituency within the Conservative. No, party. there isn't like a because there isn't one. There isn't any kind of ideological wing of the Tories at the moment. There is nothing. There's just there's actually there's two wings of the Tory party. Yeah. There is the kind of the Theresa May bit. Yeah. And then there's the Jacob Rees Moggy bit. Yeah. And like when they talk about like I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily say that. I think there's probably like there's 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 David Davies there's people there's people who are (laughs) there are people who are closer to big business Hmm. and more likely to be remain. There are people who think that for political reasons they have to get behind uh, small and medium British, like national businesses, um, like a rump of petty bourgeoisie mm. from the provinces, and have to address their concerns. Mm. There's nobody really doing the working class Tory thing, although they talk a big game. There really is nothing. There's no. There's no like policy stuff behind that. No, I can't think of a everything. Single. Everything is designed to shore up national finances, which helps big business mm. at the expense of social care, the NHS, mm. uh, welfare, that kind of thing mm. that otherwise you could induce people. You can't, you can induce people to vote for you because they're materially benefiting. You can't induce people to vote for you for long with flags and like, uh, fly pasts, mm. you know, and that's what they've relied on for a long time. And they were at one point servicing, that part of the British population. They were servicing small businesses, shopkeepers, mm. you know, people like, uh, what's his name? Owns Newcastle. Um, fuck. Mike Ashley. Mm. Servicing people like that whose um, business isn't entirely based in Britain mm. and that's where they earn their money. Like, they were servicing them and that gave them a base and that, that translated into policy and it translated into the type of ideology that formed around their MPs. But they've been in power now for eight years. Mm. They've got a lot of austerity done, which shored up banks and big business. That's why Philip Hammond's in the position he's in. Because he's their guy. But he's hated. He's absolutely hated. So the tendency within the Conservative Party that has had the most success and the most policy devoted to it is also the one that's the most hated. And at this point, you would expect someone else to come through the ranks. And it's yeah. not a, a necessarily a youth thing, because mm. Thatcher had been in the party for like 10, 20 years mm. by the time she came through. But she did have a programme and a, a a constituency attached to her, ready to go when she got into, mm. into, into, into the leadership. And no one else has that. It's going to be Boris. It will probably, it will probably be Boris, but... Boris is along with Rhys Mogg in that he is someone who the media make a big fuss of because he's different enough that mm. you can report on them and fill headlines. However, he's also the kind of person, along with Rhys Mogg, that the more you see of them, the more you will hate them. Mm-hmm. It, by Within like a year or two years, like people don't like May, but I don't think they actively despise her mm. as much as maybe necessarily they should do. Yeah. Boris and Reese yeah. Mogg, Reese Mogg especially, people will despise him. Yeah, I can't Tory see... voters will despise him. I couldn't see either of them lasting a long election campaign. No. Like a long election campaign with either of them as leader would be the thing to destroy the Conservative fight. It would yeah, it would absolutely like they might do a no deal Brexit. I'd, no idea what that like any of the Brexit stuff's going to turn out as, but mm. even if it's successful, if Reese Mogg starts to go very, very hard right, 
socially hard right, socially mm. conservative, and starts to, you know, maybe hint at abortion stuff, mm. gay rights stuff, individual freedoms that were hard fought and have only recently kind of been won. Mm. Uh, Tories will hate that because all of those rights were framed, were, were sold to them in a way that suggested, like we were saying earlier, like individual sovereignty and individual mm. liberty. That's one string of the Tories' bow. Like if they don't, if they start to take that, that looks like that looks like their sons and that like the older Tory voters, their sons and daughters are starting to lose freedoms. Yeah, yeah. and that's incompatible with the way that they've always presented themselves, mm. the way with Conservatives have presented themselves since the um, Cold War. Mm. In America, at least, they seem to be able to stand the contradictions mm. of being like, "I'm a freedom guy, but, but I hate gays." Also, a bigot guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that they've never managed to quite get like they've gotten away with it apparently, but mm. they've never been pushed that hard on it. Mm. Over here, conservatives were pushed hard on it and eventually got Cameron in, and they mm. they crumbled. Yeah, you know. And yeah, people like Gove, like Gavin Williamson, oh. Priti Patel, yeah. David da- David Davis is probably. I wouldn't say necessarily too old, but too done. Oh, I just want those t-shirts He's again. <laughs> and uh, they'll lose the next election. Oh, it's yeah. also the other thing. Oh, um, yeah. Rhys Mogg and Bo- Boris might squeak it. Sajid Javid and Thingy mm. will probably get it, but they will tank it. Mm. Um, Actually, to be honest, I don't think any of them could beat Jeremy Corbyn in an election. No. Um, but they have the best chance to. Um, Pretty Patel wouldn't, with Pretty Patel... There is no one lazier than the English working classes. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, Dominic Rabb as well, the Brexit secretary. He was a, uh, what was it called? The new... Um, uh, oh, is that gang of arseholes? called? Uh, oh, Britannia... Uh, he's a Britannia Unchained guy. That's what the book is called, Britannia Unchained. That's where they fucking horrible. The thing. But like one final thought on the Conservative Party as a whole. Right? Mm. So in 1953, the Conservative Party had 2.8 million members, <laughs> right? That's 5.6% of the total population. Yeah. In March of this year, they had 124,000 members. That's 0.7% of the population. Yeah. As part of the like Thatcher project, they needed to depoliticize large like wings of the country because they were making so many people redundant and mm. putting them out of work generationally. Mm. They had to depoliticize them so that they didn't all vote for Labour. Mm. They did that really successfully and tanked their own support at the same time. Yeah. They can't do anything for the working class, but they also can't get them to vote for them anymore. Mm. And their party is just they're just going down. Mm. Like they their ideological concerns are also uh, like mirrored by this fact that they can't get any support they they have no natural constituency other than maybe pensioners with a bit to lose mm. and they seem absolutely blase about taking them down as well yeah they keep they seem to constantly think they're a bit more successful than they are uh, as in um, pensioners or tories um both actually yeah, yeah. but um, no tories like with, yeah. with when they did that stuff to the pensioners it was literally like it, it was as if they'd forgotten yeah that you know tories don't pick on pensioners yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, finally, I just wanted to kind of talk about something. We were going to do this last week, but mm. I think we ran out of time. Um, something I'd like, I've been thinking about for a while on the way that, like, the way that people are interacting online mm. um, with centrists. Like, I think it was when I read that um, that Kinnock. Uh, thing that Kit the Kinnock was releasing that book about like there mm. being two tribes in Britain, like, yeah. and just making the joke of like this book has been written seventeen thousand times before, mm. and realizing I felt like I'd written that joke mm. seventy or said that thing seventeen thousand times before, mm. and it's just like the repeated like, re- like I don't know that the constant pressure of replying to every single stupid centrist thing. Mm is helping that much anymore. Like, making fun of it Um, is super fun. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know how productive it is. I don't know how how useful it is anymore, drawing attention to people saying stupid things, because it feels like every single day... Yeah. There's just another stupid thing. It's like, oh... Corbyn is basically Enoch Powell. Yeah. In fact, if anything, he's worse. Yeah. And like Dan Hodges today was on another one of, I think broadcasters need to seriously think about having on commentators who are basically uh, deniable party spokesmen. 
So he's talking about Owen Jones. Yeah. He's just talking about Owen Jones. Yeah. And maybe Ash Sarkar, although I don't believe Ash Sarkar is a member of the Labour Party. No, she isn't. And it's just like, well, obviously this is intended to rile people up so that then you can kind of cry bully and bad yeah. faith your way into um, making making fun of Corbynites, but at the same time, like I don't know what their end of it is. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's... It seems to be like a severe level of like bad faith, stupid arguing. Like the Enoch Powell thing was insane. Yeah. That's just like it's it's like mind boggling. But um, like today with the people putting um, like goodbye cards next to MPs' doors because ah uh, yes no, the Choo Choo Deselection Express yeah thing. and I can't remember who's doing it. The, the people saying that you know don't think it's lost on me that you know it's a train put on a card next to a woman's door and she's a friend of Jews and Jews well, she's part of the Labour Friends of Israel which yeah. Ryan wasn't it yeah and it's like oh and what got the Jews all the way to Auschwitz it was Thomas the Tank Engine and his compatriots <laughs> <laughs> which is like I'm pretty I specious didn't... links in, designed it through bad faith designed entirely to enervate the membership yeah and it's like duh how are you supposed to respond to that but then people do and all of it just tires me out <laughs> Again, so, but like somebody was saying the other day, and I linked this to what, how I was feeling about things. Somebody said um, the weirdest thing about the current kind of climate is how uh, George Galloway is like been rehabilitated, hmm. like slowly being rehabilitated. And pe- certain people, not everyone, I don't no. even think a majority, are like, "Oh, when are you going to come back, George? We really need you." Yeah, and it's like just thinking, like, well, yeah, actually, that makes sense, like the kind of people who are making the, like writing these articles and constantly tweeting like this are the kind of people who would prefer Corbyn's opposition to be to look like George Galloway mm. um like it's this constant wind up that kind of turns the the positive energy that that Corbyn has generated mm. like you know the Rachel Swindons are mm. the, like they're very much replying to every single thing. Yeah. And it's not always it's not always bad. It's not always good. Sometimes they will, you know, repeatedly post statistics and things mm. and that's fine, I guess, but it's just the kind of compulsive need to reply mm. to those things. I'm sure some of it's social media. But like at this point, centrists, you can see the pattern yeah. that they want to um turn all that, like I say, positive energy into the old caricature that they remember of the left. Mm. So, like, backbiting and obsessed with old vengeances and getting one over on on their political enemies. Yeah. The kind of fractious trot left that, like, we laugh at mm. and we find endlessly entertaining. But I think that they are... That's their attempt at being more comfortable with the situation that they're in. They're more comfortable... With having someone like George Galloway, yeah, George Galloway is more than comfortable actually, than the notion that all their kids hate them. Yeah, than than getting some like decent materialist mm. Marxist mm. to argue with because they never engage with those people. They'll oh, engage. No. They'll engage with the Galloways. They'll mm. engage with um, like people like that. Yeah, and attempt to kind of put people back in their back in their box. Mm. Like the left has had this shared knowledge and analysis stored up for so long. That like they've been so long out the mainstream, and people who are opposing it, they just want to kind of reduce it to who has, who has the best official position, who mm. has the best soapbox, and who has the most authentic experience. Mm. Because by doing that, you suggest that um, I have had the transcendent experience, I have overcome my origins, I am the most working class, mm. and now I'm so successful. Blah blah blah. Um, and suggesting that those things should basically like those those routes to power should basically remain the same because anybody can do it because I did it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it's obviously it's like a a, a kind of quieting and a gatekeeping and a, a kind of crushing of people who they don't see as worthy to communicate with them, as we mm. mentioned before. But like, I just felt that like it's not like there are two options basically at this point. There's either this constant opposition. Of the, you know, your Rachel Swindons mm. um, and things like that, constantly replying to everything. Or there's a kind of disengagement. Like, I don't... I find it really hard to... Like, I'm never going to have a go at people who feel the need to 
constantly reply to these people. No. But at the same time, I don't think... I don't even think it necessarily matters how Corbynites are perceived because they have been called everything. They've been called a cult. They've been called racists. Um, oh yeah, and if um, even if they weren't, even if they did nothing, they would still have those labels thrown at them. Yeah, like um, Amanda Renucci posted something today, and he's like, as an example, he said like, this is an example of what you know Corbyn's labour is like. Yeah, hashtag not a cult type thing. And it was like a screenshot of a tweet with all identifying information taken out of it. Yeah. And it's like, that's nothing. Do you yeah. know what I mean? There's, there's nothing. There's no, you could there's have no just written down, like, this yeah. is what you sound like. Yeah. And it's, there's so much, like, there's, there's so much bad faith in that what they say Corbynites yeah. are like. And people who just, well, not Corbynites, that Labour supporters are like. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what they do. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, maybe if you are, if you're into that, yeah. If you are if you are on Twitter that much and you know you feel okay about it mm. and it's not affecting your personal life well, to yeah. be like tweeting that often. Personally, I think I I have a lot of respect for them because when I feel like I'm not being listened to, yeah, true, I yeah. get very frustrated. Yeah, and none of these people are listened to. No, they're not engaged with on any anywhere like a. An even level. Mm. They're never, they're, and they're never going to. I suppose. Yeah. Like, I don't like the futility of it. I don't like the futility of posting, like, stats about like welfare reductions and austerity things, mm. ad nauseum at someone who isn't gonna. I mean, I, again, I find it difficult to like have a go at it. There's just something that feels that feels wrong and unproductive about it. I don't feel like it's targeted, and like, I think the most effective kind of opposition to this kind of like social media stuff is like take a look around you and like use your personal experiences like refine like tunnel out your own area of interest mm. don't try and like blanket respond to everything yeah. that somebody's going to post because like they're professional journalists they are paid to have a broad like pretty shallow view mm. of all of this shit especially if they're like a comment journalist mm. but like Definitely refine like how you're coming at people. Mm. The one thing I do think is that I, I I don't think it's that bad to make fun of people. I think like that's fine, but it's mm. more like the kind of obsessive. I have to come back and dispute the the wrongness of what you're saying. I mean that's an old internet thing, mm. you know, and that's a that's a perfectly like I don't know that's been going on for fucking ever. Mm. This person is wrong on the internet. Yeah. I have to correct them, but just I don't know. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a non-issue really because, like, as I say, I, I I can't. It was just a feeling I was having over the last couple think, of weeks. I think it, was, it ties into like our things about you know speaking truth to power. Yeah, and yeah. how essentially it's it's worthless because they know and they don't care. Yeah. Um, and so it can be frustrating to watch people do that. Yeah. Because yeah. like, and I can only see it as as how I would feel doing it. And all I can see is like thinking that they're, it's like surely that's affecting your brain. Yeah. Surely that hurts. It yeah. just like not each time that Jacob Rees-Mogg doesn't respond, but you know <laughs> what I mean. That it just gets to you. Um, but yeah, it's just incon. It's it's inconclusive. We're in the inconclusive phase mm. of. It's weird. The political cycle at the moment. There is nothing that's want going Brexit, to change. I want Brexit to hurry up so then we could... Because I don't think there's going to be an election until after Brexit. Oh, no, absolutely So not. I just want it to hurry up because I'd like an election, please, because I'd like to just have... It, this kind of... Nothing's happening. The government barely achieves anything apart yeah. from... Every so often, just before people are going off on holiday, they'll sneak through another nasty policy. Yeah. Um, and it will carry on like that until... And people, and, and people have been... I think people who were not necessarily so active politically are being brought into a process whereby they can do that thing. Mm. And of course, our political process consists of general elections Mm -hmm. Mm. that are the most significant things. Mm. And so having that window where you feel like you're effective, having that nailed down to six weeks every five years Mm. or four years is incredibly frustrating. But just I've seen a few people on le- on left Twitter kind of talk about this, but like keep your powder dry. Mm. Like there's no need to 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 go off and really really hammer it home. And like people who most of the people who end up posting kind of cranky stuff about like 
Jewish people or mm. whatever, like they are, they they tend to be like compulsive repliers. Mm. They're people who just cannot resist doing it, and that's that that need to constantly put verbiage out there is sometimes what gets you into trouble. God knows it's what got fucking Ken into trouble. Oh. Because he was immediately like, well, I'm going to draw on all of my well of words to talk about this particular thing, and I'm going to call this journalist a Zionist or a concentration camp guard or something. It's very much gotten to the point, though, with, with Ken that, look, he was on interviewed again on one of the other channels. I can't remember which channel. Oh, was, was he? But you should get fined every time you interview Ken Livingston now because everyone knows why you're interviewing him. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm surprised like that he wasn't brought out for Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> it's like, God, even yeah. like, 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 like the like, Queen with the with the Christmas Day address. <laughs> yeah, um, and it's it's more their fault now than his because he's just yeah. he's he's not in the he's not in the party anymore, is he? Yeah. He's uh, I don't, oh God, I don't know. He was suspended and then wasn't yeah. expelled. I think he was. I think he was expelled. But he's not. He hasn't. He hasn't got a proper job in the party. No. At best, he's a well wisher. Yeah. Um, and there's probably he's a senior personality. Yeah. If you like, want me that's to, it. want me to go find old men with regressive views. Yeah. <laughs> that generally feel okay about the Labour Party. There's probably quite a few. There's a load that don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. I just. I don't know. I. This was a non-segment. It's just it's just me feeling my way around through a tendency that yeah. I can't quite put my finger on or judge anybody for doing, but something <laughs> I don't like anyway. That's just that's a fucking political position. I'm joining the Lib Dems. <laughs> All right, that's us for this week. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. You can follow us at wdtatw underscore podcast. You can follow me at BM Bergamo, and you can follow Hugh at Tanner Smashing. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye.